on the platform. Please be seated. Turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I want to consider an awful thought, a very awful thought. And that awful thought is, what if Jesus did not rise from the dead? First, I want to tell a story about someone that was very famous for defying death. And yet one day, death came for him too and embraced him and has not released him from its grip. The Bible says it's appointed once for a man to die and then the judgment. The man's name is Harry Houdini. He died in October of 1926. His claim to fame was that he was a magician that specialized in spectacular escapes. As a matter of fact, he was said to have laughed at locks. He sneered at fetters. They said of Harry that he had the flexibility of an eel. He had the lives of a cat. They did all kinds of things to try to incarcerate him. They would seal him in coffins. He would escape. They riveted him to a boiler. He escaped. They sewed him up in canvas bags. He escaped. They locked him in a milk can. He escaped. They sealed him in a beer barrel. He escaped. They put him in maximum security prison. And old Harry, somehow, he got out. But then in October 1926, old man death laid his hands on Harry Houdini and put him in a grave. And he still has not escaped. They put it, uh, they, uh, uh, Harry said to his wife, if there is any way out, just in case I ever die in one of these things, if there's any way out, I will find it. If there's any way out, I'll make contact with you and we'll do it on the anniversary of my death for 10 years. She kept a light burning over his portrait. At the end of 10 years, she turned out the light. Death had Harry, and he could not escape it. Goes without saying that death is the great enemy. No doubt it is Satan's greatest work. If the devil is capable of joy, that's undoubtedly what gives him his greatest buzz. When he can behold a person that was one time animated with life and youth and vitality and intelligence, beauty, strength, and that person growing weak, shriveling in infirmity, bending over and finally collapsing on the ground and... Uh, his spirit separates from his physical body and the shell as uh, just an empty carcass lying on the ground, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, worm food. What a horrible, horrible fate it is when you stop and think about um, the end of man. Death laid its hands on the Lord Jesus Christ also. He was crucified. He 
died, his last breath escaped um, his lungs, um, and he hung his head, uh, and he died. He gave up the ghost. They took him off the cross that they had pierced his hands and his feet and many places else in his body. They wrapped him, uh, the Bible tells us, with a hundred pounds of different spices and ointment. Um, they wrapped him like a cocoon and a special uh, covering for his head. Um, and they placed him in a rock tomb, a sepulcher, as they call it. Um, and then they sealed it with a great massive rock that they rolled in the, in, the, in the trough and they covered that. They sealed, they put a seal around the rock um, and uh, to top it off, um, to make sure that nobody would tamper with his grave. Um, a Roman detachment of armed soldiers was posted to guard the tomb. Um, and as the scripture said, they made it as sure as they could um, so that no one could steal the body. But... On the third day, glory to God. Bible said Samson used to shake himself. Jesus' body began to stir. And the Bible tells us that he rose from the dead, that he went through. He went through the grave clothes and they were... Uh, there, they were not all messed and all thrown around. Uh, his body was there. He was covered. He was wrapped like a, a, a cocoon. And the next thing you know, uh, his body comes out and that uh, those grave clothes collapse down. And the Bible says that his uh, wrapping of his head uh, was like a napkin. Uh, it was folded uh, and it was put aside. And so when John and the apostle Peter and John ran to the tomb on the, on the testimony of the women, uh, and they looked inside. The Bible says when John saw the grave clothes laying like that, the Bible said he left that place, and he was a believer instantly that Jesus rose from the dead. Oh, glory, glory. And uh, I want to point to all of us uh, that Jesus is not behind some uh, uh, tomb. He is not behind some rock someplace. He is before us on a throne. He's seated at the right hand of God because in the point of fact uh, is that when he said it is finished and his work of dying on the cross uh, paid the price uh, uh, totally, completely. Um, God was able to stamp as it were over all sins of humanity paid in full um, and uh, Jesus Christ um, went uh, down into the bowels of hell uh, and on the third day he rose again. Uh, it's paid in full and now he is seated at the right hand of the Father. He's seated because truly it is finished. Praise be to God. I'm going to read out of 1 Corinthians 15. And if you follow with me, verse 12 through verse 20. And what old Harry could not escape, Harry Houdini, the great escape artist, um, he met his match. I want to tell you that Jesus Christ... Um, he is conqueror, and he took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 12. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, 
and your faith is also vain. Yes, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. You are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep or those that have already died in Christ are perished. And if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now, verse 20, is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that slept. So I want to think with you, first off, the unthinkable. That doesn't make sense. I want to think the unthinkable, but let's follow along. Because if Christ is not risen from the dead, as is as being addressed in our text, then, then there's a number of tragic things we have to consider. First of all, preaching is pointless, useless. Let's dismiss everyone. Let's go to the beach, eat, drink, be merry, smoke the weed, party off, do whatever, because we're wasting our time. If you're going to uh, tell me that Jesus, Christ, if you're going to tell me that Jesus Christ uh, has not risen, uh, the Bible uses this uh, expression: our preaching is totally in vain. That word "vain" means futile. It means it has no purpose. In other words, it's a colossal waste of time. Uh, we're wasting our time. You're wasting your time. I'm waste. You're wasting your time listening to this. I'm wasting my time preaching this. Uh, we ought to be somewhere else doing uh, something else. Now, if there's no uh, prophet, uh, uh, that uh, that uh, if Christ still be in the grave, uh, then um, uh, then because Christ, um, if Christ still be in the grave, uh, then uh, what is the um, uh, what is the point? Uh, we have a uh, t we have a sad story. We have a we have a testimony that you know what um, uh, Jesus was a good teacher. Uh, he tried. He did his best, uh, and we could uh, relate to that. But you know what? The point is uh, is that they finally caught up, just like death finally caught up to Harry Houdini, uh, and it's all over. Um, and so um, uh, this means that uh, uh, that it's uh, that there's no basis for you and I to have a uh, belief that our sins have been paid for because you see it's the resurrection that gives uh, the stamp of approval that if 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 God did not accept Jesus Christ um, uh, his sacrifice um, that he would not have raised him from the dead but the Bible tells us um, uh, that uh, because Jesus was raised from the dead and um, that God accepted this uh, and that this is a, a payment in full um, divine justice um, is satisfied you know what um, there is no gospel without the resurrection and 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 to hold to a hope uh, uh, that says well it's okay this is just you know you know some people say well you know it, it doesn't really matter uh, uh, we still have certain beliefs that we could we could um, adhere to as Christians um, uh, and uh, there are actually preachers that believe that Jesus didn't rise from the dead and I want to tell those preachers uh, you need to get out of behind the pulpit you need to go in an honest job because you're a useless um, uh, creature. 
You know, there's preachers uh, that, uh, that don't believe. They don't believe in miracles. They don't believe in the resurrection. Uh, and they uh, uh, smooth talkers, no doubt. Um, but without the resurrection, our Christianity is futile. Um, and there's no hope for our lives, uh, both now, even now, and in the forever. Uh, this is the great difference, by the way, between Christianity um, and all other religions. Um, other religions have their great Teachers. Other religions have uh, uh, principles or teachings that they follow. Other religions have books that they count as sacred. Uh, but uh, no other religion can point to um, an empty grave. Um, I've been to Israel a couple of times. Um, uh, there are places that they have uh, uh, pinpointed uh, that um, uh, they believe could be the uh, tomb that Jesus Christ was laid in. Um, and uh, I've had the privilege of going to Israel um, and there's one place that, that lots of evidence points to. It's called Gordon's Tomb. And, uh, and there it is. Um, it's, a, uh, it's a tomb that stands empty right to the present hour. Um, and the point is, um, is that uh, his body was never found. Um, his body was never produced. Um, uh, they did everything they could to uh, make sure that they guarded his body. Uh, they were alert. They didn't want anybody to take his body. Uh, they, they, they went to the Roman authorities. They said, listen, uh, give us uh, a detachment of soldiers uh, uh, because you know what? They talked about the resurrection. We want to we want to make sure there's disciples don't come at nighttime and steal his body. And then they'll make this uh, they'll make this uh, story even more inflammatory. Uh, and so Pilate said, here's your detachment. Uh, make the grave as sure as you can. So remember, Roman soldiers uh, uh, with uh, weapons and uh, and. Uh, could call many, many other uh, soldiers um, if, if the need arose, um, if there was any kind of a threat, and they never produced a body. If the, um, if the um, uh, leaders, of uh, the religious leaders of the day, if they could have produced a body, they would have produced a body as quick as possible. Um, Paul declares in the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 4, and declared, Jesus is declared to be the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead. We do not serve a dead Savior. A dead Savior is nobody's Savior. The story of a little boy was in the classroom and his teacher gave the assignment. Write an essay on the world's greatest living man. Some wrote about the president. Others wrote about members of Congress. Could tell this was an assignment a long time ago. Some wrote about people in the entertainment world. Some wrote about people in the sports world. Some wrote about scientists and philosophers. But one little boy, this little boy wrote about Jesus Christ. He wrote an essay on Jesus Christ. When the teacher received the paper, she said, son, that's a nice paper, but you misunderstood the assignment. I said the world's greatest living man. He said, but teacher, he is alive. Out of the mouths of sucklings and babes. If Christ be not risen from the dead, then his disciples were all deceivers. Paul says, in verse 15, yes, and we be found false witnesses of God. Do you know what a false witness is? A liar. He's somebody that is actually committing what we could say in a courtroom setting, perjury. 
Perjury is you're somebody that is called to be a witness, an eyewitness, and you are testifying to the facts, and you are under a sworn oath to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And if you bend the story, you tell things that are not accurate, you've committed perjury. And so this is what Apostle Paul is basically saying. He's saying, listen, we, the apostles, there was a whole number of people that were eyewitnesses. They touched him. They saw him. They ate with him. There were the apostles, uh, John and Peter, then the other uh, apostles when they were gathered together. Even Thomas, the doubter, at, uh, he missed the first appearing. Uh, and uh, a week later, Jesus um, got Thomas, come here and put your finger. You, you, you said you're not going to believe unless you touch the scar and the and the hole in my side come here put your hand there uh, and Thomas um, immediately uh, was smitten uh, uh, with um, with a conviction he said my Lord my God there were 500 people at one time that saw him uh, when he ascended up on high uh, and all of these people um, had been witnesses to the fact that 40 days um, after the um, resurrection he was amongst them uh, and they bore testimony. Now, you say, well, you know, maybe they're just lying. Well, I want to just stress this. Uh, history tells us that of the 11 apostles that stayed faithful, 10 of them, every one of them except for John, sealed their testimony with a martyr's death. Peter was crucified upside down. We know that Paul was beheaded and others uh, were beheaded and, and uh, run through. Um, and, uh, and so you don't, um, you know what? Um, uh, there's a, a world of difference between hypocrites and, and martyrs. A hypocrite that's lying doesn't give his life for a lie that he knows is a deception. You don't, if you're telling a story and they corner you and they say, well, then we're going to kill you for telling that story unless you renounce that. You know what? Uh, if you're already a liar, you'll sing like a canary to save your neck. But these um, apostles um, said, absolutely, we're willing to die because we know it's true. Um, and we know um, that um, uh, in whom we have believed. Um, and so um, we're absolutely um, uh, going to um, stand by our testimony. Um, and by the way, the word witness um, is comes from the Greek word. We get the word martyr. So a witness is somebody who testifies to what he knows, what he's experienced about Jesus Christ. Uh, and it has the idea that, you know what, um, uh, what I have experienced by being born again, what I have experienced by the grace of God, you know what, I am willing to take a stand and I am willing uh, uh, to face the music if the need be. Um, and that ought to be the testimony of every true Christian. Next, if Christ be not risen from the grave, then sin is still sovereign or ruler over our life. Verse 17, if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain and you are yet in your sins. Now on the cross and through the resurrection is important for us to understand that the penalty of sin was paid in full 
and thereby it is disarmed. It is like an enemy um, that used to have a legal claim on us. Sin is not some concept. Uh, sin is not some abstract idea. Well, this is a, you know, this is a, you know, something that's not good or it's not um, right ethically and it's just bad. Uh, sin, as it's described by God, where it first appears, um, God spoke to Cain and he said, listen, Cain, if you do right, everything will be fine. But if not, um, sin lies at the door. In other words, it's a picture of a predator like a lion that is ready to pounce. Um, it is alive. And he said, and its desire is for you. In other words, sin is a living entity. It's a virus. We all familiar. We're all familiar with the uh, coronavirus. Uh, and somehow this thing uh, is able to uh, perpetuate itself. Uh, it's able to infect. It's able to move. Um, and it, this was a worldwide plague. Uh, and this thing has some kind of evil genius to it. Uh, as the uh, uh, scientists and the doctors, as they examine this, they marvel that this thing uh, is able to get into our bodies. It's able to pick the locks uh, on our cells and then hijack our cells uh, and begin to multiply the virus. Uh, and so here's a powerful picture that sin is a living entity um, and sin is a, uh, a monster um, that's loose on the human race. It's a spiritual virus on uh, the human race. Uh, and if Christ be not risen from the dead, we're, we're no match for sin, uh, and we, we stand um, uh, just a matter of time uh, uh, before sin takes us all down. It always gets its man, it always gets its woman, but the Bible says because Jesus Christ rose from the dead, um, that sin has been disarmed. What does that mean? Does it mean that we can't sin? No, it doesn't mean we can't, that doesn't mean it's impossible for us to sin, but as Christians, we don't have to sin. We still can mess up. But you know what? We don't have to. The power of the Holy Spirit in a Christian, in a believer's life, uh, empowers us uh, that um, uh, through his grace, through his uh, power, through his victory, sin no longer is the raging dictator. Uh, we have the ability no longer, a Christian's not someone that can say yes to sin and, and, and there's no big deal because we're Christians, we say yes to sin. No, a Christian is someone that has the authority to say no to sin. No, you're not, no, no, I'm not giving in to you. And you know what? There's people here. You have some issues. And you know what? You're dealing with things. And all sin is addictive. All sin uh, causes addicts. All sin. Uh, you know what? He that commits sin becomes a slave to sin. But the good news is, um, is that because Jesus has risen from the dead, uh, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. You do not have to be under the jurisdiction, under the power, uh, under the um, uh, lust of sin does not call the shots anymore. I like to use the illustration of a bicycle. There's the chain, there's the drive chain or the drive sprocket with the pedals. It goes back to the where the gears are in the back, the back sprocket that drives the, the wheel. And when Jesus Christ sets us free from sin, he takes the chain off. Yeah, sin can still make its turns inside of us, but it's not connected to the back wheel that drives us glory to God, Jesus Christ uh, takes the chain off uh, and we're no longer under the chain of sin. Oh, thank you, Jesus. 
I had the chance to testify to somebody and they asked me about addiction and I said glory to God I got saved I used to smoke Marlboros I smoked about a pack and a half a day I used to drink I had to drink they dropped the drinking age from 21 to 18 that was a bad mistake and they changed it pretty quick I was happy. I was a happy clown when they turned the drinking age to 18 uh, and I had a card uh, to go in uh, and uh, and uh, buy legally the booze. Um, but you know what? Uh, because of my sin, I opened myself up to demonic forces uh, in transcendental meditation and different Eastern religion dabbling uh, and uh, and involving myself uh, in a cult somewhat and I opened myself up to demonic uh, 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 appetites and forces uh, and glory to God when I got saved Jesus set me free from crystal meth uh, he set me free from weed uh, he set me free from smoking cigarettes uh, cancer sticks uh, somebody said will I go to hell if I smoke cigarettes I don't know but you smell like you've been there and so uh, and so uh, the other stuff uh, uh, you know what? Unclean minds, unclean appetites. Uh, no, no, no. You can be set free. The Son of God, uh, is, if you come to Him, the issue is surrender. Can, a, can an addict be, be set free? Absolutely. But I also say, also say, sometimes it's an issue of uh, uh, we've been set free, then we go back to those things, uh, and uh, it's not abracadabra. And just like Moses, the first time, first time God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, uh, he wrote the Ten Commandments with his finger, and he gave him the tablets. Uh, in other words, God cut the tablets out of the rock. That's no easy feat. Moses went down promptly and saw what was going on, and he broke the Ten Commandments. Uh, Moses come back to the mountain, uh, and then God said to him, uh, Moses, you count, you cut the, the, the um, uh, tablets out. Uh, and so I'll, I'll guarantee you that when Moses had to work and cut those tablets out, you notice he never, dry, he never threw them down again. So why? What's that all about? Well, you don't throw down God's uh, deliverance, uh, and, but, the, but I want to encourage people. You know what? He's a merciful God. He's a merciful God. And you know what? You're, you're, there's people, our society has addictions. You know what? Out the wa uh, coming out the ears. Amen. Let me, let me use that. And, uh, and uh, here we have um, uh, people um, that get hopeless, uh, but... You've got to know the truth. You know what? If somebody has paid the bill, if somebody has taken the hit, you know what? A whole a huge part of addiction is the devil messing with your mind, stirring, poking buttons inside of you and creating things inside of you where a person that becomes settled in their faith and says, you're a liar, Satan. Jesus sets me free. I'm clinging to Jesus Christ. If you maintain that posture I declare to you the Son will set you free. You shall know the truth. Um, and it begins, you have faith when you hear the word of God preach. You do not have to stay addicted under the thumb of the devil no matter what. If it's a, if it's a sex addiction, if it is a, uh, you, know, uh, you know, if you've got an addiction where you bite your fingernails, if you've got, uh, you know, some kind of crazy other uh, um, addiction in life, uh, I'm here to tell you that Jesus can set you free from any kind of addiction and sin and I feel the witness of the Holy Ghost Amen. glory glory he's risen 
And the Bible says in Romans chapter 4, verse 25, he, has he was delivered for our offenses uh, and he was raised again for our justification. Glory to God. And so, again, this is um, uh, something that you take very close to your heart. Um, he is risen. Hallelujah. The chorus has it. Um, Living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sins far away rising he justified freely forever one day he's coming oh glorious day I want to mention another consequence if there be no Easter if there be no resurrection if Christ is still in the grave not only is sin sovereign but my dear friend if Christ is still in the grave death has dominion now look with you look with me if you please at verse 18 then they also, which are fallen asleep in Christ, the apostle Paul reasons, they're perished. They already died. They're in the grave. And there's no hope. Your mother, your father, your children, your loved ones, they're dead and they're gone. You're never going to see them again. They're in the grave to rot. The decay, it's over. That's it. Fini. Death is one. This whole thing, this whole, this whole drama, it's a bad dream. We came, we had some fleeting little hopes and fleeting little expressions, and then what? It all just winds down, and death has the ability to grab each one of us and each one that we love and take them off. Captives, take them off. Never again do we ever have any hope. And all that this life was purpose was we come in at crying, we live complaining, and we die disappointed. That's it? You know what? Just preaching that and just saying that to a group of people you can feel the vibe. No. No. That can't be all there is. You're, ah, you're just, you know, the skeptic. Ah, you're just, you know, it's a pipe dream. And, uh, and so, you know what? Um, uh, in the, just the grand scheme, we're just this, you know, this flicker of little, little you know, a little thing of light was lit and the, and the breeze blew a few times and extinguished. And you know what? Um, if that's the case, then death the monster death wins. It has dominion. I don't believe that. And I cannot accept that. And I do not accept that. As a pastor, I've ministered to people at the end of the trail. I have had the opportunity to minister to people that are on uh, their deathbed. And uh, I have ministered to people that are terminally sick. Both people that have a faith in Jesus Christ and people that are not Christians or do not have faith. And, and I want to tell you something, for whatever it's worth, there is a huge difference. As our physical family, we grieve, of course, because we're... You know what? 
somebody that's saved, even though But you know what? There's a hope. Oh, glory to God. You know what? There is a hope that, you know what? I'm going to please some, you know, soothing. Now, they're not suffering now. But you know what? That's absolutely true. Better place. You know, the hope that we have a place that God has promised to us. My aunt, and she was a very unpick. She sickness and and the disease that had uh, that had taken possession of her body and wrung the very and now she's just all bent over and convulsing now and I immediately I just you know Joan and 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 she said Mark when you pray Right away, I began to take my Bible out and say, Joan, here I've got to tell you something. And I read to her, I don't want to, uh, that there's no, you know, all these, most powerful uh, tangible presences of God uh, uh, that came into that and I did only had a couple of minutes I have a confidence that she uh, went to be with Jesus I have a confidence that God did that God orchestrated that from all you I was home uh, uh, just and so, and I wasn't even scheduled. I, and I, just at the last moment, reminded me. I had all these obligations and, and things and tight schedule. Uh, and as I'm driving, I remember. I was in this, uh, in this place uh, and I turned in. I turned in. All these circumstances, uh, I would declare to you that the Spirit of God is able to save people right from the jaws. Oh, God has rescued. Ever to preach. 
I'm so glad that we don't end in a veil of tears where we say goodbye, never, never, never to meet again. Um, our loved ones perish and that's it. Um, no, my friend. You know, I came across some descriptions in the, in the city of Roman. They have, Rome. They have uh, huge catacombs uh, that are underneath it. Many of them were Christians. They were used in the circuses where the gladiators would uh, just chop the Christians to bits or the animals would come and uh, for the um, uh, godless pagans. Uh, and so under, under the ground, uh, uh, there's a number of tunnels um, and... Uh, And on the walls, um, uh, different niches uh, are dug out uh, and where they buried the dead are laid there, but also unbelievers. Um, and so it's very interesting. Some of the pagans said when they put inscriptions on their tombs or... Live for the present hour, since we're sure of nothing else. Another, I will lift up my hands against the gods who had Now that gives you a lot of hope. And okay, here's another traveler. And I can't answer. In other words, go ahead. Curse me. I can't do anything to you. Words like this. Here lies Marcy. Put to rest. Lawrence to his sweetest son. Carried away by the angel. Stay in peace. Here's another. Victorious. Yes, I've been in, the, in, a, in a room where death is they want they hate Jesus or they're, they're and they you know, room I, I you know Christians I've seen Christians that have had um, fear I've had you know to deal with uh, people and 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 uh, bring words of comfort to him, but there's a, there is a, a night and day difference. And, and, uh, and so uh, here's an illustration. A seminary professor lost his wife when she was a young woman. She died an untimely death. He had a, a little preschool boy with him. He went to take that preschool boy to the funeral home to see the body of his beloved wife. They had embalmed her beautifully. She was there almost like tried to explain to him this inexplicable thing called death and to tell the little boy that they would not see mommy again until they saw mommy in heaven. The little boy couldn't understand death. He wasn't familiar with death. He said, no, daddy, you're wrong. Mommy's just asleep. I've seen her like that plenty of times. She's asleep. She can wake up. And then he began to say, wake up, mommy, wake up, mommy, mommy, wake up, wake up, mommy. And with tears, the professor put his hand on the shoulder of the little preschool boy and said, Son, 
You can't wake her up. But when Jesus comes, he'll wake her up. Friend, he will. He will. The dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which remain and are alive shall be caught up, dear friend, to meet the Lord in the air. I'm telling you, you better listen to me. If there be no Easter, then death has dominion. You could be slick, you could be wily, you know, you could be, you know, the, the player, you could be uh, scamming. You could be, uh, you know what, doing your thing. But I'll tell you, the tragic result is death is coming. Not only does death have dominion if there be no resurrection, but your future is completely futile. Verse 19, the Apostle Paul says, If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. So, I'm not telling you to go get drunk. I'm actually telling you that Jesus can set you free from those things. But if there's nothing, if there's no, there's no God, there's no, there's no, there's no accountability, there's no... Uh, you know, uh, hope for the righteous and, and damnation for the for the um, for the wicked. Then, uh, big deal. There's nothing. Uh, no, no big deal. So the story is told that uh, Ernest Hemingway said, "This is this is this guy's uh, this is this guy's observation conclusion. It's as though we're a colony of ants living on one end of a burning log. Oh, great." It's just a matter of time. Tick, tick, tick. It's closer than when we first started the sermon. Your day, like sand in the hourglass. Listen, man, listen. Without Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But the, notice verse 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead. That's why preaching is profitable. That's why faith, glory to God, is, um, I'm going to get cute here, faith is feasible. That's why disciples are dependable. That's why sin is subdued. Death is defeated. And the future is fabulous. Did you like that? Did you notice all this? Yeah? He took the sting out. Years ago, a fable about a spider who saw a great massive lion go into a cave. The spider was envious of the great king of the jungle. And the spider said to himself, I'm going to imprison that lion, that beast in this cave. So while the lion was asleep in the cave, the spider began to spin a web across the mouth of that cave. Back and forth, back and forth, up and down. He spun, he spun until he almost spun himself away. And then the little spider sat down by the side of the tomb, by the side of that cave, as it were, and said, Now the mighty beast is my prisoner. No longer will he seek his prey in the dark of night of the jungle. No longer will he bask in the golden sunlight. Now I've taken him captive. He is my slave. But the lion awoke from his nap. 
shook the dust from his mane, gave a yawn, stretched himself, and then let out a roar that echoed through the valley and over the hill. And then he just walked out of that cave and never even knew that the spider's web was there. You know what, Jesus, when the time had passed, the Bible says that the devil and all the demons and the spirit of death and sin and all of the co-conspirators combined uh, and they tried to hold him back. Um, they could not. Um, and he shook them off um, uh, like a dog shakes water off its coat. Um, and he rose uh, and he came out of the grave and never again shall he die. Um, and he has ascended up on, onto the right hand of the Father. He sat down because his work is done. Uh, what he's waiting for right now uh, is for the church age to be completed. Uh, the Bible said... Uh, that the bride of Christ is being assembled. It could be that the person that's the last person to get saved is in this audience right here today that's going to come and bow their knee and say, Lord Jesus, uh, be merciful to me. I'm a sinner, and I do believe that you paid the price for my sin, and I do accept uh, your free gift into my heart uh, and one day, known to God, um, that's going to be um, uh, the last person uh, that is uh, is in, uh, and uh, the body of Christ or the uh, the bride of Christ is complete. Uh, and the Bible says uh, that the archangel is going to blast a trumpet, uh, and uh, the voice uh, and glory to God. Uh, the dead in Christ are going to come out of their tombs. Uh, you say, well, what if a person was amputated? Friend, God knows where every molecule in the in the universe is, uh, and He is going to reconstitute uh, your body uh, and my body. He's going to catch the living um, and we're going to be with Jesus Christ forever and forever. Glory to God. Um, living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sin far away. Rising, he justified me freely forever. One day he's coming. Oh, glorious day. Let's bow our heads. You're here in the